Hello and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, President and CEO of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. Each week, a Chamber staff member will sit down with a guest to discuss what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, develop our workforce, and tell the inspiring story of Greensboro to the world. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. This week, we hosted our annual State of Our Community event virtually. Since much has happened in 2020, we couldn't pick just one keynote speaker. Instead, we assembled a powerhouse lineup that included Dr. Mandy Cohen from the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, Tom Barkin from the Richmond Fed, Superintendent Sharon Contreras, Terry Aiken from Cone Health, and several others. They touched on topics from COVID-19 to racial inequity to unemployment. In just a moment, we'll share some of the highlights from the program. Because the event was virtual, you can still watch the whole thing, even if you didn't buy a ticket in advance. Just go to greensboro.org backslash SOOC 2020 to register. The cost is $30 for chamber members and $45 for non-members. And now, here's a little teaser of what you can expect. Wow, what a year it's already been and it's only August. Eight months ago at the Chamber, we thought that doing an annual lunch rather than an annual dinner was going to be the biggest change in 2020. And now I'm not standing in front of all of you all in person. I'm in front of empty chairs at Triad Stage in downtown Greensboro on the set of Pride and Prejudice, one of my family's favorites, which was set to open in March but was never performed. Even with all that's changed in the world since then, this is still my favorite day of the year, especially this year because I get to talk about our resilience as a community. Neighbors helping neighbors and standing up for what is right. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Clarence McDonald, and I have the pleasure of serving as the commercial banking market executive for Wells Fargo in this part of North Carolina. And I'm excited to join you today representing Wells Fargo in our third year as the title sponsor of the Greensboro Chamber State of Our Community Luncheon. It's hard to believe how much has transpired in our nation since the last time I spoke with you. Our Wells Fargo team places a great deal of value in our partnership with the Greensboro Chamber as they support the long-term success and growth of our region, a commitment that we share. That work of the Chamber is even more important in these uncertain times. The pandemic has resulted in unprecedented economic challenges for our customers and our nation. And during the crisis, through the hard work and dedication of our employees, 3,000 of which work here in the Piedmont Triad, Wells Fargo has stepped forward to provide critical financial support to millions of Americans and to infuse relief into thousands of communities. Our employees invested thousands of volunteer hours with local nonprofits and worked with the Wells Fargo Foundation last year to contribute over $24 million to North Carolina nonprofits. That work includes support for food and shelter, small business and housing stability, as well as support for public health organizations. This is not charity, but rather thoughtful investments of time and resources 
and a broad range of organizations that promote the economic prosperity and quality of life for everyone across our region, including our Chambers of Commerce. That work is especially important in these trying times. Like the Greensboro Chamber, Wells Fargo has a legacy of helping local communities succeed that goes back more than a century. And we're very proud to say that our membership in the Greensboro Chamber goes back as far as the records go. Thank you to the Greensboro Chamber for allowing us to be the title sponsor. Thank you for your support of the Chamber's important work and for allowing us to be a part of your day. And I hope you enjoy today's program. Our first speaker of the day, while he doesn't have a crystal ball, can help us as a community see what our economic recovery might look like. Tom Barkin is the president and chief executive officer of the Richmond Fed. If you were with us in November 2019 for our economic forecast luncheon, you saw Tom in person. However, since Tom is based in Virginia, he joined us by Zoom late last week with a few members of our board for a Q&A session. It's great to be with everybody. Uh, the last time I was with the chamber in Greensboro was in uh, November. And, you know, what I told you then is what I'll repeat now, which is my background's a little different than most Fed presidents. I spent 30 years in business, so I hope you'll find my views interesting and relevant. I will say I speak for myself and not for the entire uh, FOMC, and that frees me up to allow your questioners to ask whatever they want. I was asked to talk about the economic recovery. I might just start with the economy today, and I like to say there are two economies. There's the one we see in the numbers, but there's also the one we might see if we didn't have these unprecedented levels of fiscal and monetary stimulus. Now, the numbers are sobering enough. Uh, unemployment's 10%. That's better than the 15% we saw in April, but it's still basically equivalent to where we were at the end of the great, at the depths of the Great Recession in 2009. There are 13 million more Americans out of work than there were before the virus hit us. And of course, that's at leisure and hospitality the most. They're down in the high 20s. But with the exception of a few businesses that serve people who are sheltering at home, like furniture or, or online or grocery, most businesses are still down 5 to 10%. And those job losses have hit disproportionately people of color, which is a topic that's uh, unfortunately painfully tangible right now. Second quarter GDP was down 33%. That's three times worse than the previous high in what's been a 73-year series. Um, those numbers, of course, were driven by uh, the shutdown and its impact on the personal services sector. But the economy's been open three months now, and you can see real progress in the real-time data that we track. Card spending is almost back to last year's levels. It was down in the high 20s uh, in early April. Durable's demand is strong and potentially even outpacing supply. But as the virus has resurged over the last couple of months, you definitely see a flattening of that curve. People talk about whether it's a V or not. I think of it more as a square root sign where we came back quickly, but it's kind of flat since then. Please don't call me a nerd for using square root sign as my metric. Consumer sentiment's taken a step back. Uh, hours worked by hourly employees have plateaued and even started to decline. Job postings. Uh, have dropped after nearly climbing back to year-ago levels. So those are the numbers you see. Imagine where we'd be, though, if you didn't have the stimulus. I mean, unemployment's 10%, but personal income is actually up. And, of course, that's because of the transfer payments. Credit card standings are down, which is not what you see in a downturn. Evictions have been delayed. Uh, personal loans have been given forbearance. 
Small business bankruptcies have been averted by the PPP. Offices are empty, but leases are being paid. Movie theaters and cruise lines have shuttered, but are still able to access the capital markets. Airlines and agriculture are being subsidized. So net, this, this fiscal stimulus we've gotten has been critical in avoiding even worse uh, outcomes. So where do we go from here? Well, obviously, that all depends on the virus. Unfortunately, it hasn't been deterred uh, by warmer weather, obviously. It does seem that the growth in new cases has moderated in the last couple of weeks, but it's pretty hard to predict the shape of the curve. I talked to folks who say we'll have a vaccine sometime in the late fall and it'll get rolled out in the first quarter. And of course, that would be great. I talked to others who say we're going to have a second wave and, you know, will that overwhelm the economy? Or, or are we going to live with some middle ground where the virus persists, but we come up with methods, whether they be masks or otherwise, to, to be able to handle the infection risk. Similarly, it's hard to predict the path forward on stimulus. Are these executive orders going to deliver enough to get us to the other side? Are Congress and the White House going to be able to agree? And if they do, is the money going to be enough to bridge to the other side of the virus? And you can see from all these questions that uncertainty is high. And in particular, I'd point to uncertainty in three places. Economic recovery doesn't mean anything if we're not paying attention to our entire community, especially those in our community that have been left out. Back in June, with the death of George Floyd, our country as a whole began to look at issues of injustice and systemic racism. We reached out to our friends at the Greensboro Public Library and created the One City, One Film program so that all of us could watch the film, The Hate You Give. That way, we could begin the conversation about systemic racism, policing, and other issues that affect us all here in Greensboro. That was just one program, and we know we're far from done with this topic. We are committed to looking at the issues facing our community through the lens of equity. None of our topics today are in a bubble. Each takes on a different meaning when we consider how each of our residents of Greensboro are impacted. Today, we are excited to have two leaders in our community with us to shed some light on small business economic recovery and the issue of access to capital within the Black community. Ivan Canada is the Executive Director of NCCJ, a human relations organization working to build communities free of bias, bigotry, and racism by promoting understanding and respect among all cultures, races, and religions. Wilson Lester is the Executive Director at Piedmont Business Capital, a community development financial institution, or CDFI, that through flexible financial products and sound advice, creates opportunities to make socially responsible investments that revitalize communities in the Piedmont area of North Carolina. I'm thrilled that they were able to take the time with us today, and I asked them to take it away. Go ahead, Ivan and Wilson. Well, Wilson, I am thrilled that you and I get to share the stage today to have a conversation that I know is extremely important to both of us personally, professionally. And I, I want to jump off uh, this conversation, I think, by starting to talk and frame the conversation around what do we mean when we talk about equity? It's a word that gets tossed around a lot right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be seen as a buzzword, right? And I think that there are times that people can get equity and equality confused. And so, you know, coming from NCCJ's perspective, we at NCCJ think about equity around giving people the tools, the um, supports, the resources, the things that they need to be fair, successful, 
and set people up for success, right? Mm -hmm. And so that may be very individualized based off of different types of people, different lived experiences, historical factors, all those kinds of things. Another aspect of that around equality, right? Like we would define that as giving everyone equal opportunity and access. And so while both of those terms are tied to fairness, getting to a fair goal, the process is very different. And so I think it is important as we begin this conversation and just for communities, as we begin to sort of think about like, what does an equitable society and community look like, that we've really got to get clear on what that is. So based off what I've shared so far, what would you sort of add to that? Any other kind of nuances that you would bring up? No, I think what you said was really important, and I agree with it 100%. I think the illustration to it, and there's been several out there that you can research, but if you compare the majority of America to the BIPOC population in America, and particularly African Americans, think as if we're running a 10-lap race, and the parameters are who finishes the 10-lap race first. For African Americans in this country, we waited hundreds of years before we started running the race. So folks were able to make six laps around the track before African-Americans and then subsequently other people of color that live and have come to this country are held to uh, needing a boost in order to get to a point where we can finish the race at the same time. It's not that we don't want anybody to not finish the race. I think all of us collectively want to see people reach the same goal. But uh, being able to get there in a way that will be effective for generations of people right now require an accelerant. Our response to COVID-19 is the last piece of this puzzle. Our final panel includes three of the hardest working people in our state who ensure the health and safety of our community. We were able to find a time late last week to get these busy people together on Zoom. Please welcome Terry Aiken, CEO at Cone Health, Dr. Mandy Cohen, Secretary of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, and Dr. Sharon Contreras, Superintendent of Guilford County Schools. Well, hello, really glad to be here virtually. Uh, which is kind of the way of things in this era. I always personally look forward to our State of the Community Luncheon. And like everything else, it's different this year. Really excited to be joined by two of my favorite people and really uh, amazing leaders in both education and public health. Dr. Mandy Cohen, Secretary of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services and also Dr. Sharon Contreras, Superintendent of the Guilford County Public Schools. Thank you so much both for being with us. We're really coming together today to share some information about how our organizations are working to address the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly with regard to public health, healthcare, and our K-12 education system. All three of us certainly know that this has been an extremely challenging time for everyone, continues to be so, particularly for our businesses and for our economy. As immediate past chair of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce Board, I certainly understand that these short-term challenges are significant. I also know that our meeting these challenges really are necessary to bring about the long-term economic strength and prosperity that, that we all need. Said another way, we have to do many of the hard things now 
to ensure that people in our communities will prosper. On that note, I just want to say on behalf of Cone Health, really, and, and our, our healthcare systems across the state, we appreciate all this community has done and continues to do. This has taken sacrifices, basic things like wearing masks, socially distancing, not going out away from home any more than you have to. This has all made a difference and will continue to make a difference. At the same time, I think COVID-19 really has highlighted some of the equity issues that we have for our communities. This pandemic is affecting citizens differently from an economic and educational and a health perspective. At Cone Health, for instance, COVID has really shone a light on some long existing inequities and we're working to tackle them every day. We've done things like increased access, taken mobile testing to the people in the community, and uh, really try to prioritize those in greatest need. We're working on this in close partnership with North Carolina's public health and education leaders. So with that, I'll now ask Dr. Mandy Cohen, and again, thank you for being with us, Dr. Cohen, to share some of her thoughts on equity issues and the health and economic challenges we're all facing. Dr. Cohen. Thank you, Terry, for inviting me here. And hello to everyone. First, I just want to take a moment to make sure that everyone knows that how appreciative I am of Terry's leadership at Cone. I will say that he has been on the leading edge of all of the types of initiatives that we've done long before COVID been working on. I think he and his team at the forefront of, of moving towards value and getting the most out of all the dollars we spend in the healthcare space, but really focusing on health um, and, and really reaching beyond his four walls of the institution. So thank you, Terry, for that leadership. And I think it puts your community in a really strong place and be able to respond and recover from COVID-19. But we have a lot of work ahead of us. those folks great? To hear their full speeches, register on our website, greensboro.org backslash SOOC 2020, and we'll email you a link and a password to access the archive video. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Impact the Borough is recorded at Press Play Studios. Producers are Brody Cohen Glaze and Holly West. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.